Hello Warriors and welcome to this week's episode of the Mental Wellness Revolution podcast. In this episode, I'm going to explain why I truly believe that learning how to recognize the symptoms and warning signs of stress could literally be a lifesaver. I've got some good news and some bad news. The bad news is that stress, and I'm talking about your everyday typical stress, has the potential to spiral out of control and manifest into something far more debilitating, such as anxiety, panic attacks, burnout, depression, and agoraphobia. This can happen to absolutely anyone and it often seems to strike out of the blue. It happened to me and it could certainly happen to you. The good news is with the right awareness, this can be prevented and it can also be overcome. Stay tuned and I'm going to share my story of what I went through. And I'm also going to tell you what symptoms and warning signs you may already be suffering with, but you may not have thought about them being related to your stress. Hello again, mental wellness warriors. This is Suzanne Price. And today I'm going to talk to you about why it is so important to learn the symptoms and warning signs of stress. You may already be suffering with stress and you may think to yourself that you are aware of what they are, but there are some that tend to fly under the radar. The problem is if we do not recognize the symptoms and warning signs, stress can very easily spiral out of control and it can manifest into some pretty horrific conditions. This happened to me. Um, First, before I go into telling you about what happened, I just want to let you know I had never in my life ever thought that I was interested in the area of stress or stress management. In fact, I grew up in Britain and I was not familiar with the term stress at all. I moved to Canada in the 80s and when I arrived here, I was constantly hearing about people talking about their stress. I was a hairstylist and everybody was talking. They were stressed this, stressed that, stressed the other. I would get on a bus. I would hear school kids talk about stress. And I honestly had no idea what it was. I actually had to ask somebody. But still, it didn't make any sense. It didn't make sense to me that I could be living in this land of plenty that boasts to be one of the most uh, safe, and best places in the world to live. And yet everybody seems to be stressed. And as I said, I never grew up with this concept or with this mentality where everybody was stressed. I am, I can tell you that I was completely caught off guard with what happened to me. I didn't realize that I was stressed because I had actually always heard 
that, uh, and even more so now, stress is actually spoken about as a mental illness. Stress, anxiety, depression, panic attacks, burnout, agoraphobia, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, you name it. All of these things are talked about as being mental illnesses or mental disorders. The problem is, is that many of the symptoms of stress or of any of these conditions are actually physical. So while I had been having difficulty sleeping for a long time and I'd had a lot of tension in my neck and my back, um, so much so at one point I actually went to the doctor because I was so tight down my left side, down my neck and my shoulder and my back, that I actually felt as though I was only breathing through the lung on my right side. That's how tight I felt. I went to a doctor, and this is going back in the 90s. I went to a doctor and I was sent to physiotherapy. And I think it was assumed that I wasn't sleeping because I was so uncomfortable and in a lot of pain and I had this tension and I was probably suffering with this tension and pain because I wasn't sleeping. That seemed to be the general thought. I don't know how long I suffered with this for. I, you know, I was a hairdresser, so I had a lot of problems with uh, my upper back anyways because of the way you stand and, you know, with your arms up a lot of the time as you're trying to cut hair and do blow dries. So um, it could have been going on for years. And I guess I had just assumed that I was living with a sort of chronic pain issue that wasn't so unbearable that I was living with it on a daily basis. Anyways, I ended up um, going, I changed my occupation and I'd gotten into retail management and I was, I have to say, I was bored out of my mind. I hated the job. I wanted to go back to being self-employed. There had been a lot of things that had changed in my life. I'd given up so much of what I loved when I left Britain to move to Canada. Um, I was working in a different type of environment, even though I was still a hairstylist. It was a very different experience in Canada to what it was in the UK. I moved around a lot. Um, it was hard to settle, but I never really thought about that too much because I was also experiencing a lot of new things. I was going skiing. I was hiking. I was still spending a lot of time outdoors, doing a lot of boating and that sort of thing. So a lot of that didn't really sort of register with me that it could be causing me any sort of stress. Anyways, I went into work. I started to notice when I was going into work that I was feeling a bit sort of bewildered and spaced out. And I wondered if I was allergic to something in my workplace. And um, I didn't pay too much attention to it until one day I walked into work and I had a massive panic attack. And it was the most terrifying experience in my life. I left work. I knew I couldn't stay there. I felt so spaced out, so bewildered, so weird. I decided to go home. And I started driving home. And I had another massive panic attack in my car. And I think I had... Um, reached a major uh, intersection where there was sort of five roads all sort of merging into one. 
and I had this massive panic attack. I felt so confused. Um, and I don't even know how I got home. I got inside and I felt a little bit of relief and I sat watching TV, trying to sort of distract myself, trying to unwind, but feeling and um, feeling so bewildered and unreal and spaced out. And when I went to stand up, I felt dizzy and off balance and nothing seemed right. And I was considering whether or not I should go and see a doctor. And I was, to be honest with you, I was afraid of what I was going to hear. I had never really heard too much about this before. Now, believe it or not, back in the 90s, this was not commonly spoken of. And a lot of the diagnoses were really odd, especially for women, because uh, it was still being treated as though for women, this was um, talked about as though it was a hormonal thing very often. Um, but I just didn't want to have to hear that this could be something completely strange. And at the same time, I wondered if it could be some sort of mental illness. I don't know why. I think probably because of something I'd seen when I was a kid. And I was concerned as to whether or not they could actually lock you up for suffering with something like this. Because, of course, it was something that was a big taboo to talk about. Anyways, um, I was so worried that I ended up, I did go to see a doctor that night and I sat there trembling and shaking as I talked to this doctor and I told him everything I had experienced that day. And um, he looked at me very sternly, he was very impatient about the whole thing and when I finished telling him he scribbled down a prescription, ripped the prescription off the pad, and as he handed it to me, he just goes, you're pregnant, and he just walks out. I was somewhat relieved to find out that I was not being diagnosed with some bizarre, strange disease that nobody had ever heard of. Um, I knew that I wasn't pregnant, which I was not, um, so I was somewhat relieved, but at the same time, I knew that I still hadn't been diagnosed went home, couldn't sleep, went back to work the next day and I knew I had to leave right away. I went to another doctor and I believe that the doctor I saw the next day was a woman. I told her what I'd experienced. Uh, she just says stress, writes me out a prescription for anti-anxiety and anti-medication pills, which was what the doctor the night before had also done. And basically that was it. I asked her how could it be stress when there were so many physical symptoms and what could have caused it, but there was no further discussion. Uh, that was the end of my appointment. She just said, take a couple of weeks off work. Anyways, um, I the thought of going back to work was causing me, definitely causing me to feel worse. So I did decide to take some time off. In fact, um, as I thought about, every time I thought about going back, I felt awful. So I decided to quit my job. I gave myself two weeks to get well, that I would go out and find another job and everything would be fine. Everything would be hunky-dory. Little did I know that that was the first panic attack of probably hundreds of panic attacks 
that I was to experience over the next 10 years. And this was a completely life-altering in a very negative way at the time, life-altering experience for me. In fact, by the end of the two weeks, not only was I not any better, but I was actually feeling much worse. I had quit my job. I had no income. Um, I couldn't drive. I was turning down all sorts of social invitations and I was making excuses to my family and friends because I didn't know what to tell them, how to explain what I was going through. I just didn't know what to tell anybody. And I couldn't even go outside to get the mail from my mailbox at the front door because every time I went outside, I would feel even more bewildered and unreal. And I would literally become paralyzed paralyzed by fear. It was the most bizarre thing ever. To cut a long story short, I did go to a few other doctors and I just got told stress and given another prescription. But nobody seemed to be willing to have a conversation with me about what this was exactly, why I was suffering with it, or how it could be stress when so many of the symptoms were physical. And that was the one thing that seemed so odd to me. I truly believe to this day, had anybody been able to tell me or explain any of this to me, I would have never in a million years, this never in a million years would have spiraled out of control even more and manifested into the anxiety and panic attacks and burnout and agoraphobia that I ended up living with for 10 years. And it controlled every single area of my life. Um, I did go to therapy and I was shocked to realize that um, I was being told the same thing over and over again. I was being told this is probably just part of who you are. Uh, it's probably some ancient throwback um, that's there and um, I should just accept it or I should just go out and do whatever I like to do and one day I'll get used to doing these things and it would just subside. This to me was the most crazy, insane thing I'd ever heard because I'd never had it before. So why all of a sudden is it going to mean that if I go out and do what I like to do now, when I I had been doing that stuff all along. Why would I have to now suddenly get used to it? Nobody was giving me any answers at all. I bought pretty much every book I could find on the subject at the time. And I realized most of them said very much the same things. And I was hearing the same things as what I was being told by most of the therapists that I saw. Luckily, at some point... I realized that this is a mind-body uh, condition. Um, it wasn't just in the mind. It was a physical thing as well. It was a mind-body thing. And I started to look into mind-body therapies and what this whole mind-body thing was. And that took me on a path where I started to try out different mind-body therapies. And I actually started to get some relief. The first relief that I got was with a therapy called Thought Field Therapy. And it was a very, very new therapy at the time. And I was lucky enough that um, 
I got in on a training. I was one of the first people in Vancouver to train in thought field therapy. And it's absolutely amazing. I also trained in NLP, Touch for Health, um, One Brain Learning Awareness, um, and some spiritual practices. And I started to see how there were many, many components to this thing that I was dealing with. And what happened was, I was able to see how these different components needed something different to be able to deal with and overcome what I was dealing with. And as I was training in these different modalities and different therapies, I was able to pick out pieces that I felt would help me in the different aspects of the stress. And I started to experiment that way. It took me a long time and I actually suffered with this for 10 years, but I did finally manage to overcome it. When all was said and done and when I was starting to get my life back and I was starting to be able to go out and drive and do the things that I wanted to do, I just wanted to put it all behind me. But the one thing that really bothered me was that by now um, there were a lot more people talking about stress. The, the statistics were skyrocketing. Um, there was a lot of talk about stress. But the thing was that was really annoying me was that it was just being spoken about as though it was just the way it was these days. Um, the only way to deal with it was to get therapy or to go on medication. And the thing that was really bothering me was that while it was being spoken about, about as if it was just something that we should accept, I felt that there was nothing being done or nowhere near enough being done to raise awareness for the purpose of prevention. And there was a nagging little voice, it's niggly little voice inside me that kept saying, you've gone through all of this and there are millions of other people that have that are going through this and struggling with this and that I had put in all this t time and effort and work and experiencing all these different things to overcome it and exploring all these different therapies and modalities and experimenting until I finally overcome it and I thought I just knew what these people were going through and that I had to share how I overcome it. And so I decided that what I would do was, it was almost like my calling, was that I would raise awareness for the purpose of prevention. And what I did then was I wrote my first book called The Stress and Burnout Awareness and Prevention Guide. And I launched the Worldwide Stress and Burnout Awareness and Prevention Campaign. And people starting to ask me for help, people starting to ask me for advice. And so I ended up writing another book called Relieve Your Stress, Anxiety, Burnout, Panic Attacks and Agoraphobia the same way I did. I took a very holistic approach to not only overcoming um, this condition and all of the horrible symptoms and sensations, but also to changing my life, changing the way I think, changing the way I feel, the way that I eat, um, 
how I sleep, my attitude towards sleep and wellness and living a holistic life and really exploring like what was really going on that caused all this. And one of the things that I realized was that there's a lot of people who think they know what's causing their stress, but there's a lot of underlying undercurrents as well that contribute to it. So consequently, I started coaching people uh, more on the lifestyle and the wellness and the mental wellness point of view. I am not a doctor. I am not a therapist. I have no interest in being either. Um, but what I do love to do is I do love to help people figure out what they want in their lives and how to get it and how to live a happy, healthy life. So I have written many workshops and um, I offer online and live workshops as well as coaching and um, write lots of things and have some more books coming out. But what I want to do, being as though this is about awareness and prevention, I'm now going to discuss how to recognize some of the symptoms and warning signs. In saying this, I want you to be um, clear, as I was saying, I am not a doctor and you should not use anything to self-diagnose. You shouldn't use my information to self-diagnose. I just want this to be more to help you with general awareness um, so that you can sort of help yourself figure out what's going on in your own life and also for personal interest and also uh, you may be able to help yourself figure things out and you can discuss some of the things that come to mind with your doctor or your therapist. So let me just start by telling you um, a bit of a list of um, some of the symptoms and warning signs that you may be experiencing. By the way, I, I should point out people ha are um, asking me, people have been emailing me and asking me, um, I should point out that yes, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching as well as workshops, both online and live workshops. And uh, if you do suffer with panic attacks, I have a program which is about to be released online, or it may already be released by the time you hear this, called Take Control of Panic Attacks the same way that I did um, and I also have a program called Retreat from Stress and um, I have a live event which you can sign up for and it's called Manage Your Life and the Stress Can Manage Itself. So here are some of the symptoms that you may be experiencing and you may not realize that it's related to stress. This is not extensive. This is just a very general list of symptoms. Okay, so if you're stressed, you may be worried. You may know what you're worried about. Um, identifying, you know, as I said, when I was growing up, I was not familiar with the term stress, but I was familiar with the fact uh, people would be worried about things or they would be angry or they would 
state more the actual feeling or emotion that they were experiencing. And I find that by doing that, um, it's easier to maybe pinpoint what you're worried about. So pay attention to what's going on in your life, what's working, what's not working, and what sort of negative or uncomfortable feelings, thoughts, and sensations you may be experiencing. Um, you may notice a change in sleeping habits. You may have difficulty sleeping or you may find that you're sleeping more and that um, you're just not wanting to get up and get going. You may be avoiding life in general. A lot of people who are stressed have a changing eating habits very often. Um, a lot of people are emotional eaters and they will eat more when they're stressed or they will eat certain types of th foods. Uh, whether it's um, typically not good food, it's typically more like your chips or crunchy foods or junk foods, that sort of thing. And some people find it difficult to eat when they're stressed. You may experience tension, especially in your back and neck. It could be anywhere, but um, tension in your back, your neck, you may have headaches, um, tension around the eyes, headaches, you may feel irritable, you may feel tired. You may be more short-tempered. You may feel um, as though you get more easily upset, that you're more sensitive to things or that you feel pessimistic about life. Or you may feel overwhelmed and not really be able to figure out what's really going on for you. You just may be aware that you're overwhelmed. Very often when we're stressed, we may be aware of kind of like the surface stress and we may think or feel that we have no control over changing that situation. And I always say, especially with um, suffering with anxiety or panic attacks, that sort of thing, I always say that our stress and anxiety and fears and panic, those negative feelings that we have, I personally believe that they are a direct relation or in direct alignment to the lack of control we think or feel that we have over a certain area of our lives or a certain situation in our lives or of life in general. So pay attention and see if you can figure out where in your life you feel um, that you have little control over. You may feel that um, you have problems concentrating or you may have obsessive thinking uh, you may avoid social situations. You may just feel down and feel blue or feel sad. Or you may also notice that you've got negative um, thoughts or that this negative self-talk uh, going on in your mind. I always say that learning how to recognize the symptoms of stress could prompt you to take the right action at the right time. This action could prevent your stress from manifesting into anxiety or panic attacks or agoraphobia or spiraling out of control. So if you are experiencing these types of symptoms, take note um, and if you need to seek help, go and talk to your doctor, go and talk to your friends, or your family, ask people to um, talk this out with you if necessary. Or go to your doctor. Like I say, you should not be self-diagnosing. Um, if you think that you're suffering with anxiety, um, the symptoms tend to be more intense and they tend to be 
uh, they tend to be with you pretty much all the time or most of the time. So you may also experience things like trembling. This, this trembling may feel as though it's internal. I used to wake up in the night and I'd feel like I was trembling inside, like all my insides were trembling. Or you may find that you're visibly shaking, visibly trembling, a lot of muscle tension. Um, you may feel lightheaded, dissociated or in real um, clammy hands, feeling hopeless, fearful, or helpless. Um, so they are symptoms that you may be suffering with anxiety. Um, and I am living proof that anxiety and panic attacks can be overcome. Okay, it's very, very uncomfortable to live with. Um, but I, I think that it's very important to know that you can make a lot of changes in your life that can help change the way you think and feel. Panic attacks are brutal. Um, they tend to come on out of the blue. They tend to be extremely tense. For me, a panic attack would usually start by, I would suddenly feel very hot around my face, neck and ears. This is very common. Then um, my heart would start, you know, beating so fast. Some people will explain that it feels like their heart is beating out of their chest, that, you know, their heart is just beating like crazy. Uh, you may feel that you have difficulty taking a deep breath, that you're trembling and shaking. You may break out into a, to a sweat or you may be freezing cold or that may kind of switch back and forth. You may get ringing in the ears. Um, I would always get like a very high-pitched ringing in the ears, and then it would be almost like um, everything would become super, super hypersensitive, um, but then it would almost sort of numb out. It was very bizarre. Um, my eyesight would also become affected. It would almost be like um, I would get almost like blurred vision. Some people feel nauseous. You may get numbness and tingling in your face, hands and legs or anywhere in your body. I would pretty much, by the time I finished a panic attack, I would feel numb all over. Um, literally becoming paralyzed by fear. Literally becoming paralyzed by fear. You may feel this sudden urge to want to just run you may feel that you want to cower and hide. Um, you want to run, but at the same time, your, your legs feel like lead and you feel like you can hardly move. A lot of people, when they're having a panic attack, fear that they're uh, going to embarrass themselves. Um, they fear that they're going to lose control. A lot of people feel as though they're going to throw up, that they're going to pass out. Some people feel as though they're going to die. I used to feel like though I was fading out, if that makes any sense of, at all. I think that has got to do with the fact that everything would be so incredibly um, acute. All of these feelings would be so acute. Everything would be happening at once. It feels like all of your senses are going out of control and then everything would become very numbed down. And I think that for me was that feeling that I was disappearing. That's the only way I could explain it. Um, it is a horrible, horrible experience. 
um, there is a definite difference between anxiety and having a panic attack. Some people say that they suffer with anxiety attacks or panic attacks for hours on end. I personally feel that a panic attack only lasts for a few minutes. I personally do not believe that you can end a panic attack when it has started. It has to run its course. Um, in saying that, I, through figuring everything out the way that I did for myself, I actually got to the point where I was actually able to outsmart my panic attacks. And uh, that's how I was able to overcome them. Um, they're horrible. And then typically what happens afterwards when you're, when the panic attack is coming to an end, you are pleading for it to stop. You feel so desperate um, and doomed and defeated. And you're terrified that it's going to happen again. And you're so disappointed that you had another panic attack and you feel so bewildered and those feelings go on for hours and that's when you have those feelings of the dissociation the disconnect the feeling of being bewildered some people say um, it's like a feeling of lucid dreaming or out-of-body experience all in all anxiety and panic attacks are just the most uncomfortable horrible um, feelings it's it's an awful thing to live with and the the key is here um you can overcome them you can overcome anxiety and panic attacks i'm living proof of that but my goal is is to help raise awareness so that people start paying attention to their stress to their causes of stress to take control of the issues that are causing the stress and um, preventing the stress from manifesting into anything more serious or debilitating than that that is my goal there uh, living with anxiety and panic attack a lot of people who live with anxiety and panic attacks um, they also tend to become um, very obsessive about things as well it's the mind just keeping you crazily busy and all this negative mind chatter and stuff and a lot of people who suffer with it also end up suffering with agoraphobia especially if you have panic attacks outside and that's what happened with me on my way home from work on that first day I had a panic attack in my car um, after that I would go for a walk and I would be so anxious and so bewildered and I would you know you get to that point where you feel that you can only go so far away from your home or something and you get more anxious and everything is so speeded up. One of the things that I find very difficult um, to buy into is that there's such this huge belief that it's the way we... However, for me, um, I found that a panic attack could be brought on by a single sensation that would just trigger a panic attack. So whereas one of my first symptoms was that I would feel very hot and very flushed, I got to the point where um, I remember one time I was in my home and it had been cloudy and the sun had come out and shone through the window and that feeling of heat on my skin sparked another panic attack. And so it got to the point where anything for me that replicated a symptom of a panic attack 
And that could have been a truck could have been driving by and you felt the vibration in the ground triggered an instant panic attack. That's how bad it got for me. So um, that's awful. Living with agoraphobia, um, the term agoraphobia means, typically means uh, fear of the marketplace. But for a lot of people, it's not only a fear of being outside, it's where you pretty much become fearful of almost anything because anything can become a trigger or an anchor to set off another panic attack. And the key for me to be able to overcome my panic attacks was when I realized what my triggers and anchors were and I found a way to dismantle them by using a combination of different therapies from NLP and uh, thought field therapy and that sort of thing. Um, and that's pretty much what I teach, um, just what I did, how I overcome this in my program called Take Control of Panic Attacks the same way that I did. So, so all of those things, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, burnout, agoraphobia, they are considered to be mental illnesses. They are mind-body experiences, and there's many, many components to them. And it was, for me, using mind-body modalities and addressing all these different components in different ways. And that's how I overcame it. And that's why, um, because there were so many components, and because I do um, come from a, a place of wanting to raise awareness for prevention, that's why I've written so much and so many programs and teach so many programs now about the whole thing. Anyways, um, I hope that um, that helps. If you or somebody you know is suffering with any of these symptoms, um, it can be very difficult to talk about. A lot of people will literally retreat. A lot of people will self-medicate. Um, a lot of people end up on medications for many, many years. Um, there, there's lots of things that can be done. And it's, it really is a very holistic, for me, I truly believe that it takes a very holistic approach to deal with all of the components to not only prevent your stress from manifesting out of control, um, to also be able to overcome a lot of the symptoms, to be able to deal with a lot of the problems that are causing the stress. But we have to also look at our identity, our lifestyle, our life skills. It truly is a lifestyle. And that is why I started the Mental Wellness Revolution, is to teach little snippets, little ideas, little tips and tools to help with these different components. And it's also the reason why I also um, offer my programs online and live as well. So I hope that, that this information, I hope that this information has been a help. Um, if you go to a doctor and you have these symptoms um, and you, or you go to a therapist or you are talking to your friends, try and figure out what is causing the stress. Try and figure out the underlying causes as well, the underlying causes, because very often people are aware of what sort of the tip of the iceberg is with their stress. They may think that the problem is money or they may think it's their relationship or they may think it's their job. 
but sometimes there have been other contributing factors that have caused this underlying or undercurrent of stress that have created um, these stressful situations or could be fueling these stressful uh, situations. And we need to deal with them all because our goal in life, in my opinion, should be to live a happy, healthy, balanced, social, fun life. We're not all supposed to be walking around feeling stressed and depressed and anxious, fearful of the future, and either popping pills or self-medicating or using some sort of distraction, which is often where addictions come from, um, to cover up the stress in our lives. We need to get to the bottom of it because we can actually take control and become masters of our own lives instead of feeling that everything is out of our control. So I hope that is helpful. I hope that you tune in for our next podcast. Please go and join the Facebook group. Check out my programs. Um, you can go to my website, suzanneprice.com. That's S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-P-R-I-C-E.com to learn more about the programs that I offer about this topic and uh, other topics that I teach workshops on and uh, offer live events and online events with as well. So until the next time, be well, um, take care of yourself and take back control of your life. If you're suffering with anxiety and panic attacks, have hope. You can overcome this. Um, you just have to figure out what needs to be dealt with and you need to commit to living a very holistic life. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.